The people in the houses affirmed that they had felt his breath, and that it made the flame of the lights flicker. And soon a panic ran through all the province. No one dared go out any more after nightfall. The darkness seemed haunted by the image of the beast. The brothers d'Arville determined to find and kill him, and several times they brought together all the gentlemen of the country to a great hunt. They beat the forests and searched the coverts in vain. They never met him. They killed wolves, but not that one. And every night, after a battue, the beast, as if to avenge himself, attacked some traveller or killed someone's cattle, always far from the place where they had looked for him. Finally, one night, he stole into the pig pen of the Chateau d'Arville and ate the two fattest pigs. The brothers were roused to anger, considering this attack as a direct insult and a defiance. They took their strong bloodhounds, used to pursue dangerous animals, and they set off to hunt, their hearts filled with rage. From dawn until the hour when the empurpled sun descended behind the great naked trees, they beat the woods without finding anything. At last, furious and disgusted, both were returning, walking their horses along a lane bordered with hedges, and they marvelled that their skill as huntmen should be baffled by this wolf and they were suddenly seized with a mysterious fear. The elder said, That beast is not an ordinary one. You would say it had a mind like a man. The younger answered, Perhaps we should have a bullet blessed by our cousin, the bishop, or pay some priest to pronounce the words which are needed. Then they were silent. Jean continued, Look how red the sun is. The great wolf will do some harm tonight. He had hardly finished speaking when his horse reared. That of Francois began to kick. A large thicket covered with dead leaves opened before them, and a mammoth beast, entirely grey, jumped up and ran off through the wood. Both uttered a kind of grunt of joy, and bending over the necks of their heavy horses, they threw them forward with an impulse from all their body, hurling them on at such a pace, urging them, hurrying them away, exciting them so with voice and with gesture and with spur, that the experienced riders seemed to be carrying the heavy beasts between their thighs and to bear them off as if they were flying. Thus they went, plunging through the thickets, dashing across the beds of streams, climbing the hillsides, descending the gorges, and blowing the horn as loud as they could to attract their people and the dogs. And now, suddenly in that mad race, My ancestor struck his forehead against an enormous branch, which split his skull, and he fell dead on the ground, while his frightened horse took himself off, disappearing in the gloom which enveloped the woods. The younger Davil stopped quick, leapt to the earth, seized his brother in his arms, and saw that the brains were escaping from the wound with the blood. Then he sat down beside the body, rested the head, disfigured and red on his knees, and waited, regarding the immobile face of his elder brother. Little by little a fear possessed him, a strange fear which he had never felt before, the fear of the dark, the fear of loneliness, the fear of the deserted wood, and the fear also of the weird wolf who had just killed his brother to avenge himself upon them both. The gloom thickened, the acute cold made the trees crack, Francois got up, shivering, unable to remain there longer, feeling himself growing faint. 
Nothing was to be heard, neither the voice of the dogs nor the sound of the horns. All was silent along the invisible horizon, and this mournful silence of the frozen night had something about it terrific and strange. He seized in his immense hands the great body of Jean, straightened it, and laid it across the saddle to carry it back to the chateau. Then he went on his way softly, his mind troubled as if he were in a stupor, pursued by horrible and fear-giving images. And all at once, in the growing darkness, a great shape crossed his path. It was the beast. A shock of terror shook the hunter. Something cold like a drop of water seemed to glide down his back, and like a monk haunted of the devil, he made a great sign of the cross, dismayed at this abrupt return of the horrible prowler. But his eyes fell again on the inert body before him.